Welcome to another episode of Hamilton Sales Training Podcast. Today's date is December 12, 2018. And buckle up, this one is a really, really interesting episode. Not that the others haven't been, but this one we're going to talk about something called equity mining. And we're going to mention a couple of different companies here down the road, but let's talk a little bit about what equity mining is. And basically, what it does for you gives you an opportunity to find those customers, whether they be your own or orphans, who are in an equity position. In other words, their trade is worth more than what they owe on the vehicle. And in a lot of cases, that being you know dependent upon current programs or what have you, you're going to be able to put these people into a newer vehicle, whether it be a year newer, two, three, four, five years newer, without changing anything or keeping the payments lower. And that's the whole idea behind equity mining. Can we go ahead and just exchange keys? That's one of the things that the, the companies teach us uh, to talk to the customer with respect to that type of idea. Just exchange keys with them, give them a brand new car, we could use your vehicle, all these types of neat things. So that's what we're going to get into right now. Number one, equity mining is a good thing. Number two, it can be overused to the point of detriment, and we're going to get into that just a little bit too. The idea is that there is a lot of potential but there are pitfalls as well. Let's just talk about this. This should be part of every successful sales consultant's sales process. But it is not a sales process unto itself. Listen to me again. This should be part of every sales process, but not a sales process unto itself. Remember that. And what it means is, again, just use it as it is. It's a tool. That's all it is. It is just a tool to find these customers. Now, how else can you find these customers? There are a lot of different ways. This just happens to come well, with a more convenient interface, and it does set up reminders, does a lot of different things to let you know these people are in your service department or available to go ahead and make that exchange. And there's other neat things that these programs can do and what they look for and opportunities for you to make money for you and the store. So we're going to dive into those as well. But keep in mind, you have to understand exactly what this is and not overuse it. And what do I mean by overusing it? Well, and I know a lot of stores do this, and I am not a big proponent of it. They'll assign a salesperson or two, maybe more in your big stores, to patrol the service department. Find these people through this program and make a presentation to them. The only problem is, is you don't want to inundate these people. A lot of times the equity mining programs will send out mailers, emails, notifications. And one thing that you cannot do is let these customers know that every time they step into your service department, they're going to be solicited. Then they'll find someplace else to service their vehicle, and ultimately, if they were your customer, a native customer, they'll find someplace else to buy their vehicle. Particularly, If they're a Conquest customer, in other words, for some reason they did not buy their vehicle from you, they'll find another way to service their vehicle. Now, this is very, very dangerous. On the other side of the coin, there's potential if used properly. Now, one of the things that a lot of these equity mining companies teach us, whether it be over the phone or in person, in person it's kind of neat. They like to, hey, get a clipboard, get a clip. I'm not sure what that means, okay? I don't know if this is 1985 or if it's at Los Alamos and we're working on the Manhattan Project and we have to look official or something different than we are. If the clipboard is part of your process and you like it because it has a notepad, it has information that you think you might need, then use it. But don't create a fake persona. One of the things that I always talk about is that if you have to misrepresent who you are and what you're doing, you're wrong. It's that simple. 
Transparency is the only way to go. You don't have to misrepresent yourself as a representative of the manufacturer, like, again, a lot of these will teach. When call up, hi, this is such and such from General Motors, not from the particular facility, so that it sounds more official. I'm looking at your contract. Number one, why is somebody from General Motors calling me? If I'm the customer, I'm asking these things. And why are you looking at my contract? Isn't that private information? Okay, and then another thing I'd like to do. Well, we have somebody specifically interested in your car. Well, my first thought as a customer, why are you trying to sell my car? I'm very happy with my car. It's an invasion of privacy. But these companies simply don't get it. So we have to change our words. Tell them who you are and what you're doing. There may be an opportunity here for you to upgrade and take advantage of some advancements in safety and technology, get yourself into a newer vehicle, and we can certainly use yours. We know you take care of it very well, and I'm sure one of our fine customers would benefit from it. Be transparent. Tell them who you are and what you're doing. It's not difficult, and it's not rocket science. None of this really is. So let's get back to this, to to equity mining. Here's where you can get some of this other information if you're doing your job right. Remember, we talk about doing our job right as a sales consultant. You should contact everyone in your customer base at least every quarter and that may be archaic probably every month or more than that and you can do it very easily with all of the tools and the technology that we have today you know emails text you can do newsletters you can do notifications but again not about the same thing not having identical messages keep it different have some variety and intrigue them keep their interest and make it fun you know, if it's fun, they're going to want to come back to you. They're going to want to send people back to you. But let's let's dive into how we can do this. Now, guess what? The CRM, the tool that you're using now, has your customers in there. You can pull your customers up all the time, anytime. If you don't know how to do it, see your manager. But this gives you your entire customer base, and you can figure out where they are with respect to their contract. You can figure out um, a lot of different things with these people, but particularly how to contact them and where their contract might end. A personal database, if you have that, whether it be on a different software program, whatever, you have this ability to keep track of your customers. I don't know why you would, because the dealership should provide you with all of that, but that's another source. Manufacturers contract or lease end information and manifest. The manufacturers have this for you. They provide this for you because they want you to stay in touch with your customers and capture your customers, not just yours, but any orphans that there might be. Pick those up. Introduce yourself. Make them part of your customer base. Remember we talked about how someone in the business one year, you know, if they take a little bit of opportunity and a little want to, can have the same number of contacts as somebody doing an average job for five years. It's that simple. You can pick it up and go. And that's what we'd like to do. Now, this provides you with a lot of information. Now, DMS, the DMS that you use, that your managers use to do all the final paperwork and finance and everything like that, they have information as far as contract end and lease end. Why wouldn't we ask for that? And guess what? Nobody's doing it now, I don't think. I'm sure. Well, there might be some people out there using index cards. I know. It's hard to believe. I was just talking to another manager at some point saying, how did we ever do this? How did anybody ever keep track of customers with index cards? With all this technology that we have today, with everything going on, how did we ever sell cars back then? It's amazing. But we did. So there are all these different tools available to you to keep track of your customers, find out when they're in a good equity position, when they're in a good position to trade, and to just keep your name in front of them, to just stay in front of them. You're their guy or you're their gal. 
Make sure they know that on a consistent basis. So getting back to equity mining, if we have all this information available to us through other sources, why would we need these equity mining companies and their software? Well, I'll tell you, it's really neat. Like I said, the interfaces work well. You can dive into a lot of different areas quickly, so it is efficient. Again, if used properly as part of the process, not as the process itself. And we're going to get into that just a little bit more. And this is great for managers, too, because they have everything nice and tight right on a screen. They can take a look at a number of different ideas. One of the things that I would focus upon with the sales consultants and the sales managers also would be not just contract or lease end, but warranty opportunities. And they do warn you if your customer, because they do pull the information from service, they warn you if your customer is going over miles or utilizing more mileage than they should in a lease, which puts them at a little bit of risk, whether it be you know paying out at the end if they're not going to buy it, or just the opportunity to get them out a little bit early. And I'm talking, we're always talking about getting people out early in the service department. So there's another risk or pitfall. You're messing with these people's trade cycle in a lot of ways too. Maybe you're taking business now that you would have had then. And we've got to watch that because remember our tendency in the car business for decades and decades is to take the dollar today and give back a buck fifty next week or two dollars next week. We can't do that. And we gotta watch it. Now I know these equity programs, equity mining programs will say where everything's at list price just based on okay, hold it. A lot of times also there's a flex. In other words, they have to be flexible on their term. So they might have to go to seventy two from sixty to get the same payment or to lower the payment or to get close. Well, people will pick up on that, just so you know. Uh, there's a lot of information out there. People are There's some people that aren't that shrewd, but there's a lot of people that are shrewd. In which case, if you do pull them out early and it has to be a flex, they're going to want to stay at the same payment, and then you suck all the gross out of the deal. So, again, be careful. And these things do come up from time to time. We have to watch it. Again, that's why it's not a be-all, end-all. It's just a tool, a good tool. So let's get back to that. Warranty opportunities. There are a lot of independent warranty companies out there that are trying to poach our customers. In other words, a year into it, two years into it, they'll start contacting them about an extended service plan if we didn't happen to sell them one you know, at the inception. And sometimes they do. Well, they, they have success quite a bit. Uh, I had a situation that was made known to me about, and I'm sure this has happened often, but a lease customer barely over a year into it, into a three-year lease with full warranty throughout the entire lease, actually purchased an extended service plan because they were scared. Because a lot of times the tactics of these individual or independent warranty companies is to scare the customer. You're going to be out of warranty, blah, blah, blah. And that's why you can't use these words even though they're recommended with some equity mining companies. Don't scare the customer. Don't threaten the customer. Be transparent. Let them know what their options are. And if it represents a value to them, we're going to go back to, back to this all the time. If it represents a value to them, then they'll do it. If it, if it doesn't, they won't. And it's our job to see uh, to help them see that value. It's our job to help them see that value. So we're going to speak to that a little bit more too. But you're going to hear that same common theme throughout. And it's so simple. All right, but anyway, getting back to these uh, independent warranty companies, they get this uh, information from registrations downstate, and they can get an idea of where people might be or service records or what have you. And they'll they'll start to call these customers. And generally, you know, the coverages aren't as good. Um, they aren't as encompassing as what the facility can provide. And I'll tell you what, your finance managers are going to be really pleased with you if you provide them with these opportunities to sell an extended service plan uh, because it will really increase if, if they're still being 
if they're still being graded on PVR, it's going to do wonders for that. Just imagine uh, free $5,000 going uh, to the, right to their bottom line and, and keeping their number of deliveries the same. The averages are going to shoot up tremendously, and that's something that you can do to help them. Not to mention there may be a spiff involved, depending upon how you get paid you know, for helping to sell an extended service plan. So there are those opportunities as well. Another thing that we take a look at is our used car department. So there is truth to the matter that we have somebody looking for their vehicle. There are some vehicles that sell better than others that we do really well with on our lot, and we can target those. But we don't have to say something to the effect that we have somebody specifically looking for your vehicle. How about you have a very attractive vehicle for us. We generally do very well with it. You've maintained it well. We know that you're a very good customer of ours and are important to us. We'd like to give you an opportunity to upgrade, take advantage of some of the advancements in safety and technology, and get into a new vehicle. In a lot of cases, keep your payment the same or, in fact, lower it. What's wrong with that? That's not misrepresenting anything. It's being straightforward. It's building value and giving them an opportunity. These are things you should do every day. So you can target fast-moving inventory for your used car manager. He will be greatly pleased with that as well. But you'll bring that vehicle in with an opportunity for you to sell it because you'll know everything about it. And these are key things also. Now, another area that equity mining focuses on or you can pull up in this tight space and, and on the dashboard, which is great, would be vehicles that we currently have in stock, particularly vehicles that are starting to age. Now, we've talked about this, and we're going to throw some more information into this particular podcast. Remember we talked about uh, understanding how the quick turn of used cars is beneficial to the facility and how this works very, very well? So we have to get the aged vehicles out of there as well, and this program can help you do that. But again, it's all about transparency. You have a vehicle in stock that may be hitting 45, 50 days that is a wonderful match for one of your current customers or for an orphan customer, Give them a call. If you can get them into that car the way it's priced in the market, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe the sales manager understanding his philosophy has priced it at 90, 92% in the marketplace and it represents a huge value and helps your customer get in a similar payment. Give them a call. And this is one of the benefits of equity mining. Like I said, there are positives. There are great things that you can do with this and pick up an extra couple deals a month and you have to. You have to utilize everything at your disposal to be successful. So we have to do the right things, and we have to take care of the customer. So to go back over this, this is part of the process, and we should do it every day. We should work on it every day. It is not a process unto itself. So keep that in mind. We don't want to inundate anybody with communication. You will teach them to run from you. Nobody wants it. We're going to talk about this in other aspects as well, Uh, maybe BDC or our follow-up. But right now, with equity mining, keep a watch on it. You want to let these people know that the opportunity is there, but if you're not getting engagement or you're just sending out a ton of information or the equity mining company is sending out a ton, get them to stop. Find a way to prevent this because you will cost yourselves more money than you can ever recoup. That's the danger. That's a pitfall. So there are a lot of opportunities with equity mining, but there are dangers and pitfalls. So be careful that you do not want to cost you more money than you can possibly make. Now, one quick thing, too, about equity mining companies, and and they don't want to hear this, but the reason that they send out all this stuff, the reason that they want the activity level to be high is because for a period of 60 to 90 days, generally, if someone purchases a vehicle, even if they would have normally purchased it, even if you were doing your proper follow-up, even if you smiled at them, and engage them in a conversation and showed why the newer vehicle is a value. 
even if their family changes or they're, they're expecting twins and they have to get a van, for instance, or they choose to get a van or a different type of vehicle. People trade for the strangest reasons. If we've had contact with them, if the equity mining company has sent them something within 60 to 90 days, they get to claim the deal. And that's why they guarantee their success with our activity. Don't think too long and hard about that, but understand that's what it is, too. In fact, it's, it's amazing how many deals that they can claim and how they're able to show ownership such huge value and get them to pay gobs of money. You should always have a basic equity mining tool, but be careful of dumping too many dollars into it because the returns aren't real. In fact, it's kind of funny, and depending on the type of BDC department that you have and how that's set up, if it's reverse BDC and they get credit for follow-up with uh, sales consultants and claim an inordinate percentage of your sales, let's say you have a facility that's doing 200 vehicles, BDC should probably these days, eh, 20-25% if they're calculating things properly. That's a good target, but you have your equity mining that can, what, they can record 40-50 units out of that, you know, maybe more if they're contacting enough people. So if you have a BDC that should be representing 25%, but they're a reverse BDC and they're glomming on to a lot of sales opportunities and they're claiming 50%, 40-50%, you've got 90 deals at 45%. You've got another 40 or 50 from equity mining. How did we ever sell cars before? How is it even possible? So you're, you're telling me that a 200-unit store would have done, what, 60 cars? without the advent in the wonderful, wonderful world of BDC and equity mining. Uh, not accurate. Numbers do lie. You have to be very careful about them. It's all about the interpretation. And that's what we talk about with the customers and why we have to go back to the technique and counter-transition and close because their information that they're reading is not interpreted correctly or it's an error. And we have to make sure that we can verify that and place them on a path in the right direction. That's extremely important for us. So at any rate, I just wanted to uh, not necessarily sound off, but give you an idea about equity mining. Use it. Use it well. Remember, focus on your lease ends. You should pull those all the time every month. Uh, pull your lease ends uh, and your contract ends. Go to fast-moving used car vehicles and inventory and try to get those people to trade up if you can. Go to some of our aged inventory or go to some of the fresher vehicles where you know there's some gross profit in them and target those as well and see if you can get those folks in and make some money so you want to make the money that you can um, also warranties if customers are approaching if customers are approaching a uh, mileage or time that will end their warranty get them into a business manager and allow us to make some money doing that there are a lot of different ways to make money a lot of opportunities with equity mining and equity mining programs just please avoid the pitfalls and understand exactly what they are Okay, enough of that. So let's talk about an example of how market-based pricing philosophy has made a car deal. So I had somebody call in, and they had been working a car deal on a vehicle that was priced at thirteen four. Let's just say thirteen four, and the customer, after not, and the sales consultant didn't stay in the deal as long as probably they should have, but the customer came back with a twelve thousand dollar offer, not out the door, but it's a fourteen hundred dollar discount relatively quickly so you have to ask yourself exactly what kind of value was being built were there enough positive value statements during the presentation did the sales consultant do enough to talk about market-based pricing philosophy and how that works and, and why it works and how you can point to any car on the lot say i'll take it pay the money and be rewarded with a great deal i don't know how much of that went on but i will tell you 
that they found a way to overcome it because his consultant was like, I don't know, and the sales manager certainly didn't want to take that type of deal, particularly that quickly. Now, what do you do? Well, the sales manager asked just simply, did we run a Kelly Blue Book, which is something that the sales consultant remember, you guys should not do this in front of the customer because you're not sure how it's going to turn out. There's still some oddities that pop up. There's still some changes. Even though these sources benefit us and they're coming more in line with the opportunity to make money, there still are some errors that can kind of bite us in the rear end. We don't want to do that. So we can pull it up you know, at any other time. But anyway, he asked if, if it had been pulled up. No. So they went ahead and did that. And Kelly Blue Book verified the market-based pricing of the vehicle at the 13.4. In fact, it was a little bit higher than that. And again, remember, if you consider Kelly Blue Book, if you're to the left of the scale, what does that represent? Because I had had a story of a, a sales consultant working with a manager that said, well, we should be at the lower end, right? And the sales manager asked, will it have multiple accidents and multiple owners? No. Well, then we should be at the higher end, shouldn't we? And these are all things that we have to keep in mind, and they have to come to the forefront of our thoughts quickly. That's how we can react and counter quickly enough to make a difference. So getting back to this, so Kelly Blue Book verified it. So the sales manager you know, asked the sales consultant, go back, talk again about market-based pricing philosophy, about how we've changed our philosophy in order to dominate the market. We've altered that to make sure that we capture more and more business and take care of our customers better. Well, he did what he was supposed to do. He went in and verified, justified, did everything he was supposed to do again, and came back with an offer or came back with a counter of 13000 Guess what? He bumped him $1,000 in a matter of, what, five or seven minutes. Now they were on a deal, and a decent one. So please keep these things in mind. That's how you're going to protect your gross. That's how you're going to make money. That's how you're going to make more volume. Because I'll tell you what, if there was no justification, no verification at all, and the customer offered 12, the sales consultant simply said, let me go talk to my manager, and for some unknown reason, who knows, maybe they don't, uh, maybe the, maybe the facility does not utilize this type of philosophy and they have the car overpriced, but they just take it at 12, that may create a shopper. All of a sudden, you've created a shopper out of a buyer. We don't know these things. You have to stay in the deal and you have to counter. So keep that in mind, keep moving forward, and keep listening because it's getting better, better, and better. And also, again, the Concerns Journal is available. Beyond the Walkaround has been updated just a bit. Uh, but that's available as well on Amazon, so pick up a copy of that. And next year in 2019, hope to meet a whole bunch of you out in seminars. We're going to be doing smaller seminars because I, I like it to be tight-knit. I like uh, to have the one-on-one uh, nature and be able to talk to everybody rather than have it be, again, too large. And I just I like, like to have the contact. So we're going to be doing uh, some more of those, and I hope to meet everybody I possibly can out there. But send in again, you know, send in or call me at 815-988-1297 or send in an email at rob at hamiltonsalestraining.com. We are ready to roll in 2019, and it's just going to get better and better for us. So hang in there. Hope you have a great day. Talk soon. Bye.